to Run This World. My name is Nicole DeBoom. I'm a former pro athlete turned entrepreneur. Each week, I'll bring you insights and inspiration from some of the world's greatest visionaries who will help you run your world in ways that you didn't even realize were possible. All in the framework of the amount of time it takes for the average person to run a 5K. That's 36 minutes and 38 seconds, give or take a mile. We often go long, so get ready. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's get this workout started. Hey everyone. It has been such an amazing run with the podcast. I am feeling the love all around as episodes are constantly being shared on social media with these amazing heartfelt comments. Uh, Sometimes you may look at a guest or a title of a podcast and think, oh, that one's not for me. I'm not going to listen to that. And I'll be honest, some topics may be razor focused, but for the most part, my goal is to bring inclusive guests into light for all of you. And um, regardless of what their topic is, that you'll find something that resonates with you. So my point is give each episode a chance. Just do it. You can always like stop listening after five minutes if you're like, I don't even like their voice today, you know, whatever. Um, But I just saw this post by listener Siri A. And I wanted to share what she says about episode 141. Richard Moss shares the secrets of radical aliveness. This was amazing, exactly what I needed to hear at exactly the right time. I read the description and felt a little cynical about the topic because of my upbringing, but I decided to listen with an open mind, and I'm so glad I did. Thanks for reminding me of what I already knew and tips on incorporating some of this magic into my life. So see, that's what I'm talking about. You never know what you're going to get. Um, and you never know what you might need to hear at precisely the time you need to hear it, which takes me to today's guest, Megan Bigelow. Her story is a work in progress. She's gone through a terrible tragedy, like horrific tragedy. And just a year later, she is dealing with a wreckage and putting her life and life's purpose back into place. Um, I want to start by encouraging you to Google Megan Bigelow and read more about what happened to her family on June 14th, 2018. And we talk about it today, but we do not go into all the details for a couple reasons. First, uh, Megan can only talk about anything that was actually published in news outlets because of the sensitive nature of future legal proceedings. And keep in mind, she doesn't spend her days reading the things published in news outlets because they're horrific. And so she doesn't even really know what was published. Um, The other reason is that it's really hard to talk about death and destruction when it happens to you. And so we do our best. And I'm so proud of us today because the interview, the conversation is truly, truly incredible. Um, But with that in mind, 
I will share some background now so you're not stopping and Googling, <laughs> but you can go for it. And and I know you're going to become impassioned and want want to be a part of what she's doing going forward. So go for it afterward and, and read up on her. Um, but just so you'll have a little better understanding of the concept or context of what we're going to talk about, here goes... So on June 14th, 2018, Megan and her three sons were victims of gun violence. They were on a trip to their dentist and they were followed by a man and then gunned down in the parking lot. Um, This person was enraged by something that happened while they were driving. Megan and her youngest son, Asa, were both shot and left for dead. Her middle son, Cooper, ran and escaped. And her oldest son, uh, Vaughn Jr., who she calls Bubba, you'll hear her call him Bubba, just so you know, he was killed. It was beyond the worst thing you could ever imagine. And it still doesn't seem real to me or her. Many of you may wonder more about the shooter because that's what we're curious people, you know, what happened to him? Well, we don't talk about him at all in the episode. So I'm going to share a little bit of what I read in the news. Uh, After the shooting, he went on with his day. He went to work and it wasn't until he was leaving work that he was caught driving home that evening. Um, He's currently in custody awaiting trial. It could take a long time. Our court system is, you know, it can, things can last for a while with all kinds of nuances that I don't even understand. So as you can see, Megan's story is still unfolding. I'm so amazed and proud of this woman for the courage she has to move forward each day. And to focus on bringing love and light and positivity to this world when her mind could be in such different, darker places. So before we even listen, I'm going to tell you about something that she's doing, a way that you can support her. I want you to mark September 14th on your calendars. If you are local in Colorado, come out to the Big Waves Family 5K. It's in Westminster at the Lifetime Fitness there. And if you're not local, do it virtually to support Megan's new nonprofit that honors her son, Vaughn Jr. It's called Big Waves. We talk about it today, and it's got a few uh, sets of waves. So uh, get ready for that, because out of this horrible, she is determined to do good. If you're like me, you'll want to head out and do something immediately to stop gun violence, uh, listen to this episode and check the show notes. There are links to an organization Megan is now involved with called Moms Demand Action. Uh, The sad truth is that this can truly happen to any of us. I hate to even say that, but I think that's what hits so hard. You know, she's, she is just a fellow sister. She is a mom raising kids, doing the best she can in the world, and she did nothing wrong, and this happened to her. And the reality is that we can only recover 
with help from others. Hence today's title, Rising Strong Together. Okay, let's get Megan on the show. So I got to change my podcast intro soon. Oh, do you? Yeah, because I, I've never stuck to the 5K. Uh, no, you have <laughs> not. No, you have not. And today is not going to be any different. We're not talking for 36 minutes today, Megan. No. Oh, my gosh. Thanks so much for coming out here. Thanks, Nicole. You know, I've been thinking a lot about, like, my journey to knowing you, mm-hmm. which kind of happened after the day life changed forever yes. but we did we were connected in different ways before that and then I thought about well, how are we going to do this podcast like there's a lot of stuff we need to get out there to share your story and like the what's coming out of it yep but then I thought it's it's emotional even for like maybe even more for me at times mm-hmm. <laughs> not are you crying sounded, already that sounded really bad <laughs> And grab a Kleenex now. And so I decided we have to start somewhere kind of maybe more at the beginning. Okay. And so here's what I want to know. Okay. I want to know about you growing up. I want to know what kind of girl you were, where you, where you grew up. Okay. Like share some of that great background with us. I grew up in New Jersey and usually many people are very surprised by that and say, where's your accent? And I almost just said, where's your accent? I know. See? <laughs> and we sit my we were fortunate enough my grandmother had a shore house down two towns south of Point Pleasant. So we would go to the shore every weekend and people were really like, Where's your accent? I said, I'm not from Long Island. I don't have an accent. I'm not from Long Island. I'm not going to the shore. Um so I grew up in a town called Coltsneck and it was about 10 miles inland. Um, it was all horse farm. Cool. So it was like rural? Yeah. It's like a small town or? Yeah, small town. I mean, I've, I don't know what the square footage was, but like literally we had one stoplight <laughs> kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Now there's I mean, more than that. That but. might qualify as a small town. Yeah. <laughs> so you knew most of the people in the town. You guys No, because it was too spread oh. out. Oh, got it. <laughs> we knew the people in our neighborhood, but I was kind of the youngest they were all my brother's age or, you know, so they were all older than me. Yes. And then they moved away. And the school, I went to um, a private day school. Yeah. And that was like a half hour away. So oh, like, wow. And all my friends from there lived, you know, all over. So there was like growing up, I never had like people I went to school with in my neighborhood. Okay, so when you say we, you mean you and parents? Yes. And you mention a brother. How many of we are there? Um, my mom and dad. Okay. And they actually still live in the house I grew up in. Okay. Um, and then my brother, Jay, is like seven and a half years older than me. Okay. And then me. So wait, seven and a half years mm-hmm. older? Okay. Yeah. So that's a pretty big split. It is. I mean, are you close to him? Um, we went... Back and forth. Now we're we're much closer because the age gap isn't as, you know, there, like maturity isn't as much of an issue. Got it. Okay. Um, the age gap isn't as much of an issue as it was. So you know, you came in under my radar because of skirt sports Correct. and Kathy Mack. She brought you into the fold. In the I community. know. We love her. 
kudos to Kathy. Um, Seriously. But, uh, and you know, it's funny, when I first met you in person, I had kind of assumed you were a runner, and you were like, running? I don't run. And I, I was run. like, oh. So then, you know, just in general, the fact that we connected through uh-huh. skirt sports, were you doing sports as a kid? As a kid, totally. Um, especially like, like middle school and high school, I did field hockey, lacrosse, basketball, in high school, I did hockey, ice hockey. Um, I did not do sports in college. I, 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 my sport in college was beer pong. So yeah, that was, yeah. Mm. that's unfortunate. But yeah, I mean, mm. fortunate at the time, I guess. Yeah, to have, yeah. you've got that <laughs> exactly. So like, sports have always been part of our life. Um, like my husband was a high school. And college swimmer um so we have the kids do sports and right you know so I was always active and when I realize I'm not doing something then life kind of starts going downhill yeah so. isn't that crazy the like mind body connection oh, yeah. with fitness and health I know you talk about it and hear about it but you don't really realize it until you start doing it again you're like oh right forgot about this well and then there's like relative layers too like i by all you know practical reasoning i am a relatively fit person (laughs) i think that's a bit of an understatement but But, you know okay i mean i used to be a lot fitter see this is the relativity part but there are times when i i'm like caught up in doing a certain kind of exercise and and i know i should be Mm -hmm. doing other things to keep other parts of my body strong and healthy and I can tell when I, I'm too lazy or tired uh-huh. or whatever to do them. And all of a sudden, one day, I wake up and I'll feel like, is this hit me the other day, I'll feel like the front and back of my body aren't connected. Like I have... <laughs> like, I can understand that. I've like, never had that, but I can understand it's it. It's like my lower back starts mm-hmm. to really hurt. Mm-hmm. And to bend over, I have to like hold my breath and like hold on to something. And yeah. it doesn't mean my legs aren't strong and my arms no. aren't kind of ripped or whatever. It's just that I stopped doing the transverse and oblique yep. abdominal work and the back work and the things that connect yep. my body to it's, itself. Yep, it's true. It's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. And I mean, there's... My body has been through a lot and this kind of has to be yes. like a year of getting it back yes. in strength. Yes, so. absolutely. So let's let's plug it a little further into like how, how you kind of were shaped into the woman that you are. So as a kid, yep. you know, what kind of, what did your parents do for a living and, and what kind of values did they sort of push on you? <laughs> um, so my father um, is a physician um, he actually doesn't practice medicine anymore, but he grew up like growing up. He was a doctor and a successful one, and he'd be on call. And that was the good old days when the phone was attached to the wall, and you couldn't be on the phone when he was on call because a call might come in and he might have to go to the hospital. You know, um, so he wasn't like when he was around, he was around, but he wasn't always there. My mom was like the typical stay-at-home mom like she did it all she volunteered she drove us around she made us dinner um I mean I remember a time that she was dying turkey feathers for a costume for my brother <laughs> like she was like she's that kind of mom like yeah you know 
birthdays were a big deal. And um, so I do get a lot of that. They were strict in a lot of things. Um, So I have to sometimes be more lenient on my kids than I remember Ah, being. Yeah, because we take that away Mm -hmm. a little bit. And um, it sounds like, I mean, maybe this is the wrong assumption, but maybe you had a little more disciplined life through high school or through living at home with your parents. Yeah. So that when you got to college. Well, I went to boarding school. Oh, so at boarding school, you can let loose? So, well, a little bit. I mean, there's still rules, but it was, it was really, it was freeing in a lot of ways. Um, And I remember that was the first time there was like kids my age, like living there. I mean, I went to Lawrenceville, which is, was maybe an hour away from our house, which was right down the street from Princeton. Oh yeah. Okay. And it's like um, a prep school. Yeah. How old were you? I was going into my sophomore year, so oh, okay, fifteen. Oh, prime maybe. age. Yeah, and like I just remember there was all these kids, and I was like, "What? Where? Where are all these from?" Like it was I just. They know the horse farm people. Yeah, exactly. It was. It was kind of. It was surreal. So. Wow. So that did um, maybe prepare you more for a liberated right. life in college. So where'd you end up going to school? Um, Lehigh University. Oh, cool. And is that where you met Vaughn? It is. Oh, my. So yeah. how do you remember how you met him? Yeah, it was a fraternity party. I oh, was fraternity up. And we went because my roommate, I was a sophomore. He was a fifth year senior. And my roommate at the time had met one of his fraternity brothers. And he was trying to date my friend and my friend Really, yeah. It, she wasn't it, into it. No. But... Wait, were you like the Heisman person? Like, get away from her? Like No, not kind of. Kind of. We were all running just, interference. We all just... We all kind of were like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, but we went to the party and, you know, fraternities, they always call each other by the last name. And so I was playing beer pong with them, though they called it Beirut anyway. And... <sighs> They kept calling him Vaughn, and I was like, Vaughn, I'm Megan. I was like, well, what's your first name? He's like, Vaughn. I was like, what's your last name? He's like, Bigelow. I was like, oh. I just remember like thinking like, <laughs> wow, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, that's a weird or bad name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, and now it's my name. So, you know, kind of had to get over it. So it sounds like you guys hit it off and it's like probably an unlikely story that you would meet your spouse at a fraternity party and still be together like decades later. Well, yeah. So we met in 97 and, but we (laughs) did like, he left, he graduated that May and left and like I would hear and see from him like every once in a while. And then he moved to Seattle and I graduated, and oh, I was, so it wasn't like a love connection. No, you were dating long no, distance. No, and all. Oh. no, yeah. Ooh. And I always <laughs> joke that he would start emailing me like in between girls. Oh, <laughs> and he knows this. You could tell. You were I like, could totally oh, it's tell. Been seven weeks, He's or yeah, or it'll again. be like three or four months go by, and all of a sudden I hear from him, I'm like, uh huh. <laughs> so yeah, and then he was invited to a wedding in Chicago for the his roommate from his fifth year was getting married and I knew him and his now wife and 
I went to Chicago and that's kind of when it all rekindled. Oh, wow. Yeah. As adults. Wow. But yeah. you had a foundation. So, mm-hmm. and you were over the Bigelow stigma. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny because my senior it's cool year, name. I know. <laughs> my senior year in college, we went to Atlantic City and my roommate Liz and I went and we went to the psychic. Why? I don't know. But we went to a psychic and. She was doing my reading and she's like, the letter B keeps coming back. Like, is there someone with the initial B that you know? Like, that's who you're going to marry. I know, right? I don't believe this. Yeah. I mean, it was really creepy. Like, and I was like, oh my gosh. No. I was like, Bigelow. I was like, there's no way. (laughs) I mean, would you go back to a psychic ever? Yeah, I would. For yeah. now in your mm-hmm. life with what you've been through and yeah. like what's, yeah. Oh, wow. Maybe. Or like a medium. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Okay, we're getting there. We're going to get yeah. there. So how did you guys settle in Colorado? And you live in Westminster, right? Broomfield. Broomfield, that's right. Um, Vaughn grew up in Colorado. He was actually born at Boulder Hospital Ooh. and lived in Longmont. There's very um, few of those types. It is. He's, Natives. He's a real native. He's indigenous. I need his... <laughs> I needed. I want one of those bumper stickers that say "My kids are native." Oh. Like, <laughs> I might not be, but I love a it. lot of the people, more than um, you know, seventy-five percent of the people in my household are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he was. I moved to Seattle, and we were in Seattle for like nine months, and then he moved back here. He had an opportunity to move back, so that was like the October of or November of twenty eleven. No. 2001 sorry 2001 um oh right after 9 11 yeah, yeah. I mean, he was actually supposed to leave the day after 9 11 so oh, 9 wow. 12 for like a month trip wow to like fiji yeah and all the and, airports in the world yeah, and everything closed. was closed so he came back because he had an opportunity f- to work with his dad on a you know startup company and then basically in december he came back to seattle and we got engaged and I moved here in February of 2002 and we got married in September of 2002 and I've been here ever since. And you, you were, were you working too? I was, I was, well in Seattle I was working for what's called a CRO, a clinical research um, organization. Uh I was doing like um, some monitoring and stuff like that. And then when I moved here, I was working for, um, Ann Taylor down on um, Pearl Street. No way. <laughs> Do you know oh that my too? Gosh. I, I probably never went in there. Um, and then I got a con- uh, consulting job for a startup diagnostic company down in Arvada. And I was doing those. And then I got a full-time job at the consulting job in Arvada. So, yeah. And then you started popping out kids. Then, yep. Had the first kids. Got married in 2002. Had... Vaughn in July of 2004, had Cooper in May of 2006, and then Asa December of 2010. Oh my gosh. And so did you continue to work through the cycle of having kids and yes. try to balance that whole craziness? Mm-hmm. I had nannies, um, some better than others. <laughs> um, and... Yeah, I had to travel for work. There was times I had to go to Scotland. Wow, so you guys were kind of like high-powered working. 
He had but, a job, yeah. But trying to balance, you know, mm-hmm. motherhood and family life. Yep. And all of it. So were, did you spend more time with your kids on the weekends or were you like still home? Well, for... I would, I could work from home. Oh, cool. So I would see them. Um, but I had a nanny to be able to be there for most of the time. But I would go and have lunch with them or like I could hear if like all hell was breaking loose. And I had to go out there and be like, what is, what is going on? <laughs> you know, um, so we had a lot of help. Um, and we had... Um, our favorite nanny was Choop, a.k.a. Andrea. But Choop. Choop. So Choop has worked for both my sister-in-laws and then us. Yeah. And has had two, is on her second family since us. But so, she is amazing. Oh, my gosh. So she's still around. Yeah. She lives um, in Dakono. At what point did Advocare come into play? Um, November of 2015. Okay. So maybe um, talk a little bit about what the company is. Yeah. Um... It's now changed. It changed as of yesterday. What? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> this is groundbreaking. We've got... <laughs> Seriously. Um, what well, we found out back in like May. Um, so, Avacare is a MLM, multi-level marketing, uh-huh. right? Like your Rodan and Fields mm-hmm. and your all the other ones. Yep. Um, and so, what I really liked about it was the community aspect. Like everybody was positive and helpful and wanted to what I saw was wanting to help other people and in the meantime you could make some money you know on the side which is you know great um so my goal at first was to build a business enough that I could pay for my products and it, and what kind of products so they were all like it's all health and wellness they have over like a hundred products okay so I mean there's fitness products, there's products to help you lose weight, there's just wellness products actually that I love. And it's all nutritional. Yeah, it's all nutritional. But with that, I was able to coach people, help them with weight loss, help them with fitness. So it tapped in, so my background's biology. Um, So I have a BS in biology. And then while I worked, I did everything in clinical research. So that's basically, I worked for a diagnostic company, they would come up with a new blood test. We would take it, build the protocol, take it to the people, test it, then submit to the FDA. Regulatory would take it, submit to the FDA, right? So I took all that knowledge, plus everything I learned from volunteering in the hospital with my dad growing up when I was little. Wow. And then all the aspects that I really like within the body, and then having learned a lot about anxiety and ADHD, basically being able to pull it all together and see what kind of more natural things, what vitamins you don't usually get, like, so I could kind of bring it all together. Um, And so I, I really, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the people. I enjoyed the learning. There was a lot of personal development, leadership kind of stuff, which, you know, you don't always within corporate America get to learn about. So it's true. And it's very entrepreneurial when you're with an MLM and you have to really believe in the product. And a lot of people kind of roll their eyes with companies that, you know, have set their business up under that model. But, you know, some of them might be scammy. I don't know. I'm sure some are. 
But when you come to this with like a scientific background mm-hmm. and they're making nutritional products yeah. and you know your shit, like, yeah. I think, you know, it definitely gives a lot of credibility and it sounds like it was really positive. It but was. What changed yesterday? Um, <laughs> so I are you get, no longer there? What's no, going on? No, I am still okay, there. Okay. But it went from an MLM to, so multi-level to a single level. Oh, okay. So like their compensation plan, to- yeah. plan totally changed. Ah, I got it. Um, so there's a lot of people that that was their bulk of their income. Right. So they have to leave and go and do other MLMs. Oh, because it's not as incentivized by sales Correct. and, and um, it is, referrals and all that. It is still, but instead of making money on three people below you. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. then like your whole team, you only make money on your what you your, sell what we call front line oh wow okay. so like if you went and bought product i could make say, right 20 on that but right you know so it doesn't have it. all the benefits yeah. that it used to yeah so which i actually my mother called me today and said you haven't ordered my cleanse i'm like i know i forgot <laughs> so I'm not as incentivized to do it mom. i have to do that today <laughs> we'll so. get it to you mom promise all right, so here you are, Broomfield, Colorado, raising kids, mm-hmm. like A-type performer, you and your husband staying connected, doing the thing, and your kids are growing up like beautiful and healthy and athletic. I mean, they're amazing. Yep. And I'm sure I didn't see the craziness in the background. Uh-huh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> All the Legos that uh-huh. you just tiptoed over and told uh-huh. me that you have stashed. I've, I've stepped on them many of the time. There's Those a reason they are now in a hurt. Tupperware in the basement. Those things hurt more they than anything. They hurt so bad. They're crazy. So bad. So I think it's we should maybe dive into, you know, what happened okay. on June 14th, 2018. Mm-hmm. From your perspective, let's talk about the day life changed. Okay. Um, so I will only talk about details that have been in the media because we still haven't gone to trial. Um, the first piece that's ironic about it is June 14th is actually my mother's birthday. Oh, wow. So like that morning, I remember doing like a Facebook post saying, Happy birthday, mom. Have fun in I for Montreal, Quebec. They were in Canada somewhere. Um, and then we were, it was ridiculously hot. And the air conditioning broke on my car. So we we're trying to get that fixed. So all the windows were open and we were driving to the um, dentist that afternoon. We we're not running late, but there was a bunch of traffic and... Um, construction and all kinds of stuff and basically there was a some type of emergency vehicle coming so I tried to get over and my morning lights were telling me there was a car there so I came back and I was like oh sorry and I just remember I was getting yelled at and just screamed out and I was like what 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 because and all our windows are open so all the kids heard um and long story short he this person followed me all the way down Sheridan um and into our dentist's office still yelling at me and everything and then I'm telling the boys to go inside 
And next thing I know, he has a gun and I'm trying to walk away from the boys, telling them to run and I'm shot first. So, and then I don't know what happened after that. Okay. So I know that um, many people listening will or already have read what's Mm -hmm. been in the news reports. Right. And I think about things like, when do you ever have all three boys together? Like, when are you all three going to do something? You're busy. They're teenage half, you know? I mean, this is seemed unusual to me yeah so well we had just gotten back from a two-week trip and so like that week was getting back into swim team like our real first week of summer so we actually like if we kind of all went somewhere we did Um, I mean, there was times where I would go to the grocery store and they would stay home or whatever, but, um, it's, I don't know, to me, that doesn't seem that unusual that I would have all three of them, especially in the summer. It's, you know, when, when, when we started hearing about what was going on, because, Mm -hmm. um, it kind of played out real time, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. And it started to trickle in that this was someone from our community. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't know who yet. And we're, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's on pins and needles and so much emotion. Um, that was one of the things that also came to mind for me was like, all we want to do in life is protect our kids. Right. And allow them to grow up to be like strong, happy, awesome people. Mm-hmm. Right. So when this is going on, like, I'm sure you've played it back as far as you can, or mm-hmm. maybe not. Maybe PTSD or other or their natural um, protective measures mm-hmm. that we have don't allow you to sometimes. But you know, I there's you know I look at it and I think what happened happened. Right. You can't go back and change anything. No. And you were making the right decisions at the moment for you, which were run kids run Mm -hmm. there's danger out there right there's an unstable person right you know as he was like following you did you know he was following you i did know he was following us oh man and you're like let me get somewhere safe right and you're thinking i'm just gonna get to this to the dentist right yeah and i i didn't think he would pull into the parking lot god and each step of the way yeah so can i can i talk a little bit about your kids yep so, um, and if I can't answer, I'll tell you. Okay, no problem. So he shot you like you don't remember anything after that. No, I remember trying to count how many shots and then I don't remember anything wow. else. And I think I got to like three and then I like I must have blacked out. And so Cooper ran, took yes. off. And um, Vaughn Jr. and Asa were probably just in that zone I think yeah shock or mm-hmm. whatever and so they were both shot yes and Vaughn passed away correct and um you know I 
I remember reading that the first responders, when they came, said that they thought you and Asa were also already dead Mm -hmm. because your injuries were so severe. Correct. Um, How long did it take, like, before the shooter just left? I know he shot another man in a truck. Right. That was out there in the news. Right. Um, And I didn't even know about that until like two weeks later, at least like probably a week to 10 days later. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? Well, you, I had no idea. Were you, um, how, how long were you out? I would come and go, but it was probably like a full week. Okay. Until like, I remember daily things going on. Okay. There's certain things I do remember, but all right, I don't so, remember a lot. So tragedy fucking happened mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. It's it, it, I know it happened. I have the wounds to show that it happened. But like to actually then think about it and be like it's like it's almost surreal. Like there I mean Unfortunately, in this day and age, more people can say this, but like, I would like to see the percentage of how many people can say, yes, I've been shot. Like it, there isn't that many. No. Like in the grand scheme of things, mm -hmm. but it's, it is in a lot of ways still surreal. Yep. And it may stay that way forever Mm -hmm. and that might be okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so when you came sort of came to and started to understand what was going on you were in the hospital I take Correct. it so can you explain the injuries you had can you talk about that I don't knew I was I can say I was shot twice okay um and I mean one was pretty significant um one um because of it they actually thought I had a stroke um, so I was at Denver health for just over three weeks. And then I was moved to Craig hospital, which I was amazed I got in. Um, why, why is it just, it's the premier place yeah. for trauma? Yeah. For head injuries and for mm-hmm. spinal injuries. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm just still very thankful and still can't quite believe how that all happened well and it's been over a year now and hey by all looking at you from the outside Mm -hmm. you're like she's walking she's moving she's exercising there's a little bit of like you can see in your face you know you have a heavy eyelid and and some of your speech gets fuzzy sometimes and whatnot but you look awesome and you're on your on the road to recovery and Everything I've read, like on the Caring Bridge site mm-hmm. and in media outlets, says that both you and Asa have surpassed by a mile yeah. or any expectation mm-hmm. that doctors may have had for you in the early days. Oh, totally. 100%. So how long was it before they said she's going to live? She's out of the woods. I honestly don't know. That's a Vaughn question. Okay. Um, I really don't know. Um. I like to think that by the time I got moved into my 
third room, which was just after a week um, at Denver. Um, and that's kind of like the, they call it the PACU. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I basically spent another like just over two weeks there. Um, they, the, I don't think it was life and death at that point. How do you, when you're battling for your own life, but learning about what happened, this might be, I don't know, too much mm-hmm. to ask, but how do you even absorb the fact that you lost a child and one of your other children is, you know, touch and go? How do you deal with that when um, you can not even walk yet? So... I also didn't know about Bubba for over a week. Okay. So in the beginning, I couldn't talk. Um, part of it was because I was intubated. Part of it was I just literally couldn't talk. So I would try and sign. So I would be able to sign ASA because that's super ASA. That's super easy. You know sign language. Yeah. Well, you know, as a mom, you teach your kids sign language. <laughs> Did you not? <laughs> We're all behind. I remember a type book. Please, thank you. Come on. Oh, oh okay. If you, you are guys. pregnant and having your first kid, piece of advice: learn sign language. Your kid will learn that earlier. Yes. Okay. It's a second language says, immediately. Yeah. So I love it. Um, and it, so I used to know the alphabet. There's certain letters I still have a hard time with, but Asa is super easy. Um, so I'd always ask about him and I I remember asking multiple times in the beginning and Vaughn said, I remember saying him telling me he was shot and he's at children's and then I could do like the COO, like Cooper and he'd be like, Cooper's fine. And then as soon as I would start being like Bubba, he, he's like, you probably don't remember, but I would always get the nurses to come in. And like change the subject in the beginning. Um, and I deep down for some reason I knew I always asked about Asa first, then Cooper, then Bubba. Cause it's like, I, oh, I knew deep down n- almost not to ask about Bubba. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I just knew not intuition. To. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Vaughn didn't tell me until Probably eight or nine days after it happened. So Vaughn and Cooper were functioning. Yes. Well, sort as of best as, as best they could. Um. How? Uh, you know, oftentimes the supporters replay things like the phone calls and mm-hmm. how they heard and their first. When yeah. he first saw you or mm-hmm. Asa, you know, um, how, what's going on there? I mean, are they, are they dealing? Are they healthy? Are they getting therapy? Everyone's getting therapy. Um, Vaughn doesn't talk much about making those calls. It was actually this past June 14th. He first told me that some of the calls he had to make. Um, Did Cooper call him? Mm-hmm. 
like from a dentist did he run yep. into the dentist okay mm-hmm. yeah cooper called him um and um i don't know how much cooper replaced cooper probably i know cooper remembers all of it um he doesn't feel comfortable talking with us about it and i understand that 100 mm-hmm. um it's hard for him it's hard for us like we get it um asa will ask to change the subject i don't know we don't know how much he asa remembers Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been told not to push him and that's fine. Yep. Um, cause he, and cause he had some temporary amnesia. Um, so we don't know how much of that he still has. And, um, as far as like Asa's recovery, he mm-hmm. still has a couple more surgeries or is he, he's, he getting close to, he's get it's closer. Um, he has at least one that we know of, potentially two. Um, and then we will just need to see as he grows what's going to have to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, considering they thought he was going to be have severe disabilities because of head trauma and not be able to walk, like he swam in a swim meet on Sunday. <laughs> Swim butterfly. Okay, come on. Like he's eight. Yeah. And he goes to PT twice a week and he complains when it's hard and we're and we have to remind him, like, do you remember the first time you came in here? You were in a wheelchair. Like so you have to remind him sometimes like how far he's come. Mm -hmm. Do you have to remind yourself? Yeah. Are you hard on yourself? not always um it's uh, it's gonna sound superficial but I was always fairly fit and muscular um so it's hard for me at this point now as I like to say I'm flabby and <laughs> like my stomach used to be really like flat and you know just be bloated that time of the month and like now it looks like a butt and there's some wreckage on there there's a lot of wreckage and when you have a scar from your sternum to your pubic bone it's hard and my stomach muscles i think are in there (laughs) i think they are scars hurt yeah they hurt forever yeah i mean this is not something that will just be healed correct yeah so yeah so that's why this year i need to last year was all about like healing and this year needs to be about strengthening i think yes so yes so did you guys suffer from like an official ptsd kind of diagnosis or or? um i think we were all diagnosed with it yeah um but we show it in different Mm -hmm. ways yeah um so yeah you don't strike me as someone who is like a baseline depressive or depressed person that's because there's medication (laughs) (laughs) Uh, got it yeah and so i've always had i've struggled with anxiety and bouts of depression 
Um, it runs in the family and um, I've learned over the years how to especially deal with the anxiety. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, there was definitely dark days afterwards. There was days that I remember just sitting in a chair. It was raining outside and looking out the window, just not wanting to feel and yeah. But then and the irony is people would always say, you're so strong. You're so strong. You're such an inspiration. And I never felt strong. And okay, I maybe see inspiration as far as battling back, but that's not how I think of myself. And so I just, I do going back to Kathy. I remember her visiting me at Craig and her saying this, I'm like, Kathy, that's not how I feel. And she's saying, no, you have a choice. Every morning you can lay in your bed or you can, you get up. And I did, I like that. It was never seemed to be a choice per se. It was like, no, I have to get up. I have to go to all the classes I have to at Craig. I have to get up and when I got home, make Cooper lunch or whatever, like things you just like, I still had two other kids. I still, Vaughn had to have support. We had two dogs at the time. My mom was still in town. Like, you just have to keep going. Like, it sucks. And it's hard at times. So, you posted um, a little while back. I know your Facebook was sort of shut down, mm-hmm. but you know, you do have an Instagram. Can I? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll post it so people can follow you. Um, but you had a post about what grief really looks like. Mm-hmm. And it was brutal. Mm hmm. Um, so I had gotten, um, from mixed tiles, I had gotten tiles printed for Christmas and I would taken like two of them or three of them from Cooper's room cause they're not stuck on the wall. And I'd taken them to, I forget what, to a meeting or something. Um, and I, I was like, I have to bring these back downstairs. And it was just a picture of Bubba driving a boat in Australia, like a week before this happened. And he just had the smile on his face. And this is like, there was something like 70, as the captain said, 70 souls on board. It's like this big dive boat, like this $2 million boat. And the captain's letting Vaughn drive it because he asked. <laughs> like, that's just how he, how he was and I just broke down. I was walking down the stairs and I just broke down and I had to sit and, you know, I always hear that people say you're so strong and, and I, I felt like I had to take the picture to show that it's not always roses and smiles and, it comes in waves and it sucks. And it was at a point that I just missed him. It does so, come in waves, doesn't it? Yeah. Speaking of waves, 
Let's talk about big waves. <laughs> Looking at your now hat. That we're, now that we're both crying. <laughs> okay. You know, um, okay. actually, when I when I first met you in person, mm-hmm. was, you, you had a poop bag still. I did have a poop bag. <laughs> what yeah, are those called say, again? When was that? September? What yes, are those I'd, called? An ileostomy. Ooh. I called it my poop bag. <laughs> and Asa called the reversal surgery day, happy pooping day. <laughs> Oh, God, the first poop had to be tough. It was weird. <laughs> we don't have to talk about it, but it was. it's like after you have a baby, the well, first poop. Yeah. Well, I think I told you, I was like, <laughs> I remember the first time I passed gas and I was like, what? what, what? Oh, yeah. Because you didn't do, I didn't do that for months because it all went into the bag. <laughs> You're like, oh, I got to monitor this again. Yeah. I can't just let it rip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no ripping. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, you know, you hadn't moved, of course, it was fairly early. In fact, I remember, you know, we didn't talk at all about TBI, traumatic brain right. injury. And, and, um, and I was like, wow, I am amazed by this woman. Mm-hmm. And Kathy Mack came with you yep. and we did some shopping and playing we around. Did. And it was you, so fun. you were scrawny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. You might call yourself flabby, which you are not, but I know it's all relative. It's, remember? Yeah. Um, but you had you had definitely like you need to get some strength yeah. again. So getting back to the strength yeah. theme here, but um, we had a lot of fun and yeah. and we, we, did. Were, we were able to just sort of connect and. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember though you were really sort of just blunt. I know you are. I think yeah. you are as a person, but maybe sometimes I know this about traumatic brain injury. Mm-hmm. You often don't filter as much either. Yeah. And I remember I had like, <laughs> I think I was like a little bit nervous or anxious uh-huh. too, you know, and I had like picked a little hangnail on my finger uh-huh. and it was bleeding. And so I reached up to grab a Kleenex and I put it under the table to like wrap around my bloody <laughs> finger because I didn't want to bleed on everything. And you go, what are you doing right now? <laughs> like I call you out on it. And I was <laughs> like, oh my God, that is so awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the blunt uh, people that that knew me beforehand. <laughs> so <laughs> when I talked before about anxiety, ADHD, I was diagnosed. Like I think I my brother was definitely diagnosed with ADHD when he was little. He was in like kindergarten. I went undiagnosed because I don't think I had as much the H part um, until. We were seeing a therapist for Bubba, and I was like, I think I, I I need to come see you separately. And she basically diagnosed me with ADHD. She's like, oh, yeah, I could have told you that, like, the first time you Wait, came in. you got diagnosed in the past year Oh, no, so life? I was diagnosed with ADHD, like, late 30s, so, like, oh, four or oh, five years ago. because Bubba was, right. was also on that ADHD right. yeah. Yeah, spectrum. Um, yep. So I've had to do a lot to kind of realize that but now when i'm blunt i can have an excuse saying hashtag brain injury <laughs> like, so but i do i try like for a while i really especially afterwards i really couldn't filter right. i try now right. i try really hard there's yeah. certain times or i'll say something I'm like "Ooh, i probably should have said that sorry well um, it's funny so i mean wouldn't it be great you know, I remember this happened with Wilder a while back. If you just like did what you did and then you just looked at people and go, 
pretend that just didn't happen. I know, seriously. Like, uh huh. I think there's Wild, a lot of those. I'm pretty sure Wilder farted once and looked at us and goes, "Pretend that didn't just happen." And we were dying, and we yeah. were like, "Wouldn't that be great if like yeah. we could all do that all you the time?" Just not care. Just pretend it didn't happen. Just, just, just erase it. Just, just ignore that little piece right, right. there. <laughs> like. Yeah. So can you just wipe that? Yeah, there you go. Well, and getting back from like recovering, mm-hmm. coming back into yourself to building your strength again. Mm-hmm. And even in a bigger sense, it's like this happened. Yeah. There is no way backwards. Nope. Where are you going to take it? Um, so we did start a foundation called the Big Waves Foundation. And we started it in memory of Bubba. And, you know, so Bubba loved water polo and he had ADHD. So it's everything that revolves around him. And so Big Wave stands for Bring Impact Globally with a Very Energetic Smile. Ooh. So very energetic is the ADHD part of Bubba. Smile is he always, always had a smile. Um... Sometimes it was a goofy one. Sometimes it was genuine. Sometimes it was sarcastic. Anyway, always had a smile. Um, and the impact is Bubba, is Vaughn. So the first, I like to do it in a wave analogy. So the first ripple out is water polo, um, which is near and dear to our hearts, not only from Bubba, but also from my husband Vaughn's best friend, tragically was killed in 2011 um, in a head-on collision. And he actually started water polo in Colorado. So he started Colorado water polo, which is the Pirates, so they're down south. And then, so basically, water polo is a twofold. One, we're gonna give, it's basically a $20,000 scholarship for a graduating senior going on to play water polo in college so it's over five years or over four years so they get five thousand dollars a year to use for college um and then also to build water polo within colorado so we're actually working with a lot of the um like adams 12 boulder valley uh jeffco like a lot of the school districts to create water polo teams and they'll probably be in the fall too so then it's not during swim team and all that to kind of gain the momentum of Colorado water polo the next ripple out is kind of community and giving back so that's where we're doing like Bubba's birthday event um just basically allowing the kids to come and ride and enjoy the day and eat Oreos and goldfish and have water and rehydrate and just hang out and we have partners come um it's also all the blood donations we do like the blood drives so to be able to give back because i think asa and i together had over 40 units of blood in the first two three days um i you know what i donated i haven't donated blood in i don't know 20 years high five I donated, and I actually remember um, 
like being up in Granby too, because we went up to the mountains mm-hmm. like right after it happened and just stopping on bike rides be, and I had just given blood and I mm-hmm. think I was like more weak and yeah. <laughs> emotional even then stopping on bike rides just to cry mm-hmm. and vent and reflect. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, so you may not know it or maybe you'll realize this as you go, mm-hmm. but even if you didn't know the, people personally you were affecting so many people who were supporting you without you even realizing right and we we um and i think i talked about that a little bit at the the skirt skirt sports and ambassador retreat um that so doing that second ripple of community and being able to give back we're also like this weekend vaughn we have a big waves um, bike team that's going to be riding for Children's Courage Classic. Yeah. So Vaughn's going to ride. One of our other board members and Skirt Sports Ambassador Ashley Wilkinson's going to ride. Yay! Um, <laughs> and then two other people. So you know, it's like different things like that. Do yeah. that, like be able to. We collected donations for Judy's house because they were a huge help for Cooper last year. Um, being able to, there's core groups that we have that we want to be able to give back to. Yes. Um, so it it is hard for us to accept help and even if we know we need it. So it's a way for us to give back all that was given to us, not even monetarily, but also just in the silly things, the pulling weeds, um, stopping our milk um walking our dogs feeding our dogs picking up our dogs for the groomer um cutting our grass um i don't even know i mean there was bringing food there i mean there's there's so many things driving my mother around thank you sigma news that came to visit (laughs) um you know there's just there's many ways that we can give back yeah um so that's what we're trying to do with that one and the Third ripple, which I call our tsunami wave, is gun sense um, and education and just bringing gun violence to the forefront um, and just the common weave through all of that is mental health. So you have within water polo, Water polo is a great sport for kids that have lots of energy, aka our ADHD. Water, a ball, loud, like I mean, come on, have to keep moving the have entire time moving. or you sink to the bottom. Exactly, you <laughs> drown, and the lifeguard really doesn't want to jump in for you. <laughs> no, um, you know, the, so it's kind of all of it, um. And it all starts from Bubba. Bubba's our, you know, think of that water, yeah, that droplet. So, and I it's, like to think that he's like, all right, okay. He's making the ripples every mm-hmm. day. It's a beautiful analogy, really, truly mm-hmm. an incredible way to honor him. And that doesn't come overnight. I mean, mm-hmm. you've had to have some time and help. Or did, was it that easy? I mean, was it pretty obvious to you and Vaughn? Because you're the co-founders, right? What do you mean? Of the uh, of, of Big the, Waves? Um, we knew we wanted to do something. Um, we talked about so many different things. Yeah. 
Um, and it was like trying to pull everything we wanted to do together. And it just like kind of all happened in like November where okay. we were just like, oh, okay. And then we asked people to be on our board. We were incorporated within the state of Colorado as a nonprofit in December. So we're still working on our 501c3. Thank you, government, for the government shutdown and everything is oh, in come backlog. On. You guys push this through. Because oh, yeah. I think you're right on with the, you know, mental health, you know, underlying yeah. issue that we all need to work on. Right. And be aware of and be compassionate towards and help mm-hmm. find solutions for unstable people too. Right. And, um, you know, I've, I've wondered will you become you know an advocate for like gun sense like you said or will you work hard to fight gun violence will this be something in your future it's a political topic yeah it is so currently right now we're working on our kind of first two ripples really with the water polo um we work with moms demand action um for the gun sense piece right now we're working on building relationships with certain legislators and things like that. Um, So we, as an individual, I can go and lobby or advocate for something, but as big waves, we can't lobby Mm -hmm. um, because of our, what we've applied for with our 501c3. But within, you know, we can go and we can support moms demand action we can support students demand action we can support other you know senators congressmen we can raise awareness for who's on which side you know and there's republicans and democrats on both sides that you know need that that support gun sense you know and it's just not it's interesting because nobody wants gun violence no nobody unless they're not Right. right, you know, and so why we can't come up with, with a solution is yeah, it, it drives me absolutely insane. It's, I agree. Oh, I um, agree. I want to. I want to get involved. Actually, after this happened, I reached out for the first time ever for something somewhat political and reached mm-hmm. out to Moms Demand Action, mm-hmm. and I was like, I got to figure out how to yeah how to do something. Yeah. So there. I mean, there's a. I think they have a local chapter in Boulder, but like even go online and. Sometimes it's hard to find, but or search Monster Man Action on Facebook or online, and there's chapters popping up all the time. Or if there's not a chapter near you, start one. Reach out to them, figure out how yeah. to start. And it is bipartisan. It's like we leave the Democrat Republican stuff behind, and it's literally about education and who to support and just information in general all right we're gonna do that we'll have a link there because we don't need this to happen no again and ever to anyone no we and it's ridiculous it shouldn't and the cool things about mom's man action it was literally a mom that was fed up and it's all grassroots and it's huge it's huge it's huge 
You know, let's. I don't want to forget that we actually have something cool to promote about big waves. Oh, you have an event coming up on September 14th. I sure do. So, hey, and you can do it. You don't have to be in Colorado to come out and do this nope. event. So talk about it. What are we doing? We are doing the big waves family 5k yes that's the name <laughs> i was like i had to remember from our meeting last week with it ashley is. i'm like what's what do we call it <laughs> um so but wait you're not a runner i'm not a why runner. are you doing a 5k i know are you doing the 5k yes i announced at the retreat skirt sports retreat that i would try and run so ashley is coaching me and today i had to do a 35 minute run walk and I did it over in Westminster and there were hills and there was, a, I felt great. I was like, oh, I could do this. And then a mile came and I was like, I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end, I was like running up a hill and I was like, I think I'm going to throw up. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? But I, you know, I finished it. I did it. I probably walked more than I should have, but I, you know, it's done. Do you ever think, you know, a lot of people will say like, look what Megan's been through. I can do this. Do you ever go back like, look what I've been through with all my like recovery and getting here. And why am I complaining about wanting to throw up on a 5k training run? Well, I just kept looking at bushes. I'm like, can I throw up there? Can I throw up there? <laughs> you were just um, in the feeling I was, moment. Yeah, I was, yeah. And I was like, then at one point I was like, wait, which end is it going to come out of? And I was like, <laughs> then I kept too. thinking of like the Ironman or Iron. <gasps> yes. Yeah. Those. Yeah athletes and i was like they poop their pants all the time <laughs> this like, is a thing okay so welcome thing. to the world of running yeah we never know like, what end it's gonna i come know <laughs> and i was like okay i know this is and my it's like my body has gone through hell and back and i am very much out of shape and so all i could think of was in like the biggest loser like tv show when they start working out and they're all barf into buckets I was like okay they barf into buckets I can barf too if I have to <laughs> you don't even need a bucket um, like just I it's something I really want to do um and I will PR it because I've never run a 5k I love it, my PR time might be like an hour and five minutes but that's okay hey, this interview is going to be longer than that awesome i could listen to it while i run and go oh did i really say that oh where was my filter then um so, so yeah so it's on september 14th oh wait we just had a squirrel I right, totally back. come squirrel. back come back yeah okay all right we're back we're back okay. um september 14th where is there a physical yes family 5k yes so it's a 5k run walk um it is at the lifetime fitness in westminster there is registrations open i think it's 25 dollars to register Great. um we'll put a link up too yeah or you can also just donate um and what time of day is it morning morning let's just say morning i think it's 8 a.m oh, i don't perfect. remember it's nice and it's something, something like that i it's mean awesome. Some of you I know did the Bigelow Strong 5K yes. last year. Mm -hmm. So basically it's kind of, we're doing the same thing. Doing the same thing, but you got a new name, you got a cause, mm -hmm. and you know where you're going with this. Right. Um, but if you don't live here, there's also a virtual sign yep. up, correct? Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so whoever ran in French Polynesia last year, oh that'd gosh. be great if you could tell us where you're running this year. Come back. We need more French Polynesians <laughs> in our lives. Seriously. Let's get every country. We at oh, least we need cool. we need every state. Let's start Ooh. maybe we should start with the low hanging fruit of every state. state. Okay. So Plus maybe territory. when you register, just tell us what state you're in. Yeah. I'm sure that's in there. Oh, yeah, it's got to be. It's yeah, got to be. Oh, that would be cool. <gasps> okay, we have a goal. We have All a right, goal. We're doing it. So there's a link to the Big Waves Family 5K in the show notes. You guys mm-hmm. are all going to register. Um, I will be there unless I'm out of town, then I'll be running it virtually. But if I'm in town, I'll... You better not be out of town. No, I'll, I'll just come back for it. It doesn't Kay. matter. Yeah. I'll make an appearance for a few hours. Okay. Perfect. I'll run it with you. Oh, my God. Hello. Okay, you can you know, speed walk and I'll, I'll jog. <laughs> that's what we'll do. Okay, we can we'll, either that we'll or you it will, you'll run it and like lap me five times. That's fine too. <laughs> <laughs> you'll turn it into like a twenty k. So you know, I actually thought of another topic, even though we're going pretty long today. That I feel like it's important. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked much about Vaughn. Yeah, you know, your rock, your your partner mm-hmm. in life, and mm-hmm. um, and he's been through hell and back as well, mm-hmm. and um. You know, a lot of times marriages don't make it through very traumatic events. Mm-hmm. And this is a fact. And so you're up against that as well. Right. So how are like how are you guys? How are you staying connected? Are you feeling the strain together? Um it goes up and down. Um and there was a period of time that yes, we were very strained and um I just basically had to admit say certain things to him that have been in my brain for a really long time. I have a hard time of actually voicing fears um, with him, which is, it's just so silly. Like he is my husband and should be, you know, the first person I go to. And anyway, no, wait, things. um, This is, this is important because we all go through that. So I would just say what I've learned is it's always worse in your head. Um, and just, and now it's also in a point of where I need to find myself again. Um, and whatever that may be, cause you know, I was always jealous of all these things he had, like where he was training for his half Ironman, when he was swimming, when he was biking, when he was golfing, when he was doing whatever, activity he was doing I always felt like I didn't have one and I was always kind of left behind and at home and um then if I wanted to do something I always felt guilty about leaving the kids and so there were there was a lot going on in my brain so I realized that I just need to kind of find myself and what that means and find some things that are just for me I know you want running to be one of them. I don't know if it will be. <laughs> I really don't run that much anymore. Either. Okay. <laughs> like walking, no problem. Um, so just kind of doing, going back to meditation. Um, I think I need to find like a grief for yoga, yoga grief thing. Um, and get back into yoga and get back into like some strength training stuff and just I had because we were so busy in June I had moved away from big waves just because we were so busy I wasn't home there was like it was kind of this like 
there wasn't a whole lot going on. So getting back into that and just kind of trying to overcome my piece of ADHD of the procrastination of just get stuff done and try and do something for me each day and not be afraid to even say, like tonight I'm going out with what we call the girls. And I have three really, really good friends that basically visited me every day. I was in Denver Health and came every at least once a week when I was at Craig. Um, And we're going out tonight and like not being afraid to say, this is getting planned. Are you all right with this? And not feeling guilty about it. Yeah. So I would just say if you're struggling, maybe this is my nugget. If you're struggling, A, find a therapist. Um, Because they can always help put it in a light that you don't think of. B, it's always worse in your head. Like, just say it. Um, And it's scary. And you get that feeling. Well, I get that feeling in the pit of my stomach. And, um, but just face it almost. And you, that person you're with is like, you should trust them beyond anything else. And a lot of ways I do, but for some reason, like how I feel was not always, I didn't always feel like I could trust with that, which is silly. It's those intimate conversations right. where you, there's fear of judgment or rejection Correct. that Correct. are the hardest because it's the person you love the most. Correct. Right. It is a great nugget. I'm not going to let you off the hook with a okay. real final nugget, though. Okay. But here's... Go ahead. My other thing, like, Vaughn is my rock. Like, I always feel like I'm going 80,000 miles in one thing. Or, like, if I get really upset about something, I could call him and be like, blah. And he's like, <laughs> okay. And, like, he can calmly talk through it. And I'm like, all right, okay, that's better. So, and he has, he's been through hell and back. And he has to, we're in different points of therapy. And, you know, at this point, we have to probably come together and go to therapy just so we can have conversations with kind of like a, like someone else there to be like, well, what about this? What about this? Like help you get to the core yeah. of it. Um, so, but you can't lose sight of yourself and you can't lose your sight that you're a team. Right. And I always have to remind myself that, that we are a team and like it's an us. It's a, you know, you have each other's backs. Right. Exactly. And it's a little bit ironic that in order to be stronger together, mm-hmm. you have to make sure that you're strong separately. Yeah. But that is really, truly a key mm-hmm. in life. It is. So this is the year of getting strong. Yep. Of gaining strength. Raising, in rising always. strong together. Rising strong together. Mm-hmm. I know. So we're going to find joy. You still find joy. I know you do. It's probably hard to hard to let it come <laughs> find, in and accept it. Here's a plug. I find joy when I come into skirt sports and everyone's smiling and I find a cute skirt. Um, I find joy when I see you standing in there finding cute skirts. Um, I always find joy in hugs. I find sometimes like it'll be like silly things like a bumper sticker. I saw one going to Boulder the other day, and I wish I remembered what it said, but it was hysterical. Oh, it was, 
I know. It was Obi-Wan Kenobi, our only hope for 2020. <laughs> and I just started laughing so hard. I was like, oh my. Oh my That's, gosh, I love That it. could be so true, but oh my. <laughs> like, you know, it's like the little things. So, Or even happiness as like, oh, I need to go find some. It's like you just kind of stumble upon it, I always feel like. Yeah. So. Well, we... I've had a lot of joy today talking you. to you and working through the difficult and then the rising, you know, the mm-hmm. aftermath, what's going to happen now? How yep. is Megan going to shine in this world? And, and I see it. That's I a TBD. See it. I see it clearly. We need to go back to the psychic. Yeah. <laughs> so let's wrap it up. Okay. Let's give them, let's give them your final nugget it can be recycled or it can be completely new okay um all right i kind of have two and these are kind of the two i was thinking about on the way over here um one kind of plays off what we were just talking about of you know don't feel guilty about working on yourself take you know even if it's five minutes really should be longer than that a day if it's meditation, if it's running, if it's working out, if it's hiking, if it's going to lunch with a friend, if it's whatever it is, something for you. Don't lose sight of you. You don't, as especially as a mom, like we have a tendency to orbit around the family, um, especially kids, husbands, all of it. Like just find your center every once in a while. Um, and then now I have to remember what my second one was. See, brain injury people. Um, mm-hmm. oh, I know what it is. It goes back to my speech at the retreat of if someone's struggling, don't ask them how you can help. Just do it. Pull the Nike together and just do it. Just show up with food. Show up and say, I'm, you have me for an hour. Let's do laundry. Let's clean. What do you need? Like, just start picking up their house. Whatever. You see weeds. Just go. Just do it. Like, you know someone's struggling. Or invite them to coffee. Invite them to lunch. Like, they just, they don't know what they need help with. And when someone asks you, like, how can I help? It's... It, it's almost debilitating. You're like, I, I don't know. There's so much. Like, I can't be specific. But if you see something, just do it. Just help. Pay it forward. Just, if you see someone, one of your friends struggling, just do it. Help. I love that. That's amazing. Megan, you're amazing. Why, thank you. You are too. I'm so happy to have you in my life. Thank you. I can't wait for September 14th. Yeah, I can. all right everyone that's it for today it's a wrap okay okay i'm back um thanks for listening today you may be a little shaky after this one i mean it's a lot to process i understand i am too Uh, megan opened the podcast talking about how she sometimes felt like she needed to be strong when others were weak 
and how that concept sort of snowballs because then people say, you're so strong, which adds even more pressure. It's a tough thing to have to go through. But you know, she ends the episode by saying this, which is relevant to everyone listening every day of our lives. Don't lose sight of you. Find your center and come back to it. That's where you'll recover your strength. That's where you're going to nurture your strength. It all comes back to ourselves. You can support Megan and the change she is focused on making in the world by donating to the Big Waves Foundation. We'll have a link in the show notes. You can just Google it as well, Big Waves Foundation. As the ripples of the waves grow to include her future work toward gun sense, I think we will all find a common ground because gun violence is accelerating at such a fast pace, we will soon all have connections to someone lost or injured, or hope, hopefully not, but maybe even ourselves. So do the Big Waves Family 5K on September 14th. That's easy, done. You all need to do it. Thousands of people, you're all listening. You can do that. It's 3.1 miles. It costs next to nothing. And it's going to help their foundation um, get off the ground. Megan is on a mission to bring something positive to the world. I'm sure you could see that from today. Let's help her do it. Uh, Before we go... I'm going to swing it around to, to something positive, to a success story. Um, I want you, I want to talk about our sponsor, Skirt Sports, the company that actually brought Megan and I together because she is a skirt ambassador. We are going on 15 years on September 12th, 2019. Um, and we have a big celebration planned for our birthday. A week or a few days before on September 7th, it's a Saturday, come to Skirt Sports. If you're local and if you're not, fly here and do it because it's going to be a blast. Uh, we're going to do a hit workout in a park. I'm going to lead it. I love hit workouts. No weights, no nothing. It's all body weight and fun. Um, and then come back to the store. We have a little birthday gift for you too and of course some Kim and Jake's gluten-free gourmet cake that tastes better than any other cake you've ever had in your life so be sure to come out Saturday September 7th it'll be at 8 30 in the morning um we're also going to be having a huge warehouse sale at the store that weekend with deals galore not just size small samples we're talking every size most products get your butt out there if you're not local Um, and you can't fly here, you'll get a special birthday gift to spend online. So sign up for Skirt Sports email or you will not get that gift. And on September 12th, which again is 15 years to the day that I won Ironman Wisconsin wearing the first skirt, post about the power of women in sport and business and hashtag Skirt Sports. It will help me, it will help Skirt Sports. We need to celebrate our successes so we can rise strong together. All right, then we're done for today. You know what time it is. It's time to get out there and run this world. Have a great workout, and I'll see you next week. 